Welcome to Britcham Cambodia and the UK Department for International Trade's podcast series, Doing Business in Cambodia. In our previous podcast episode, you may have listened to David Totten sharing an overview of Cambodia's agriculture sector, issues of sustainability and tech solutions. We've spoken about the crops making the top agricultural exports in Cambodia, such as cassava, maize, cashew, and more. Today, we have invited Ms. Ponlu Chu, the Agriculture Competitiveness Lead of the Cambodia-Australia Agricultural Value Chain Program, to talk primarily about which Cambodian crops and agricultural products are most promising for export in the future. Welcome, Ponlu. It's a great pleasure to have you here today. Before we proceed to our questions, could you please introduce yourself and the work you do with the program? Sure, Stuart. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I am currently working for Kawak as the lead of agricultural competitiveness component. So Kawak is the Australian government biggest development program in Cambodia. Its overarching goal is to promote commercially viable and resilient agricultural sector supporting inclusive growth in Cambodia. We work with uh, both government and private sector to contribute to better policy practices to improve productivity, enhance product quality, and promote trade and investment in high-value crop. A few examples of cover work, uh, such as we support the government to conduct feasibility study on um, establishing agri-food industrial park, um, working with, uh, with the Council for the Development of Cambodia and Ministry of Agriculture, uh, Forestry and Fishery to set up uh, uh, agri-food investment desk to attract more uh, investment and also uh, promote more, in, more investment in agri-food sector. We also uh, work with uh, many other government institutions and research institutions to introduce uh, rice and high-value crop uh, variety that's suitable uh, for export, promote quality of seed and mechanization. And also we work uh, with uh, more than 30 agri-food SME uh, to support them to increase quality products, uh, producing uh, product diversification and product development, market development, and also uh, helping them to enhance their processing plan to acquire with international processing standards such as uh, GMP, HACCP, ISO, BRC. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So the program launched a market study on high value crops last year to boost export potential and diversification in Cambodia's agricultural sector. Can you please share with us how Kavak identified the top nine crops and products that have most potential for export and what are these? Thank you, Stuart. Of course, I can share. Um, but the market study on Cambodian crop with promising prospects uh, was 
uh, commission uh, in 2020s, and it was actually a landmark study for Cam- for Kavak and also uh, for Cambodia. I think because uh, this is the first time that uh, we conduct such a study, and it's the study is starting from using the the demand uh, driven approach. So many of the uh, value chain study in Cambodia previously uh, like do the value chain inside Cambodia, but uh, this uh, we started uh, from the demand side. So we um, selected the target uh, markets uh, that are potential and key uh, market for Cambodia that include the EU and UK, of course, one of uh, the biggest uh, market. Um, and then China, ASEAN, uh, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, starting from there, and uh, we have a long list of uh, products and crops that are potential in those markets, and then uh, narrowing down using a series of criteria that um, against the competitive, such as uh, production growth in Cambodia, potential growth, uh, market uh, grow uh, price and 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 also looking for integration uh, within the region like ASEAN uh, and and a wider range of uh, impact to the community in Cambodia as well. Yes, so um, from the long long list of the crop, like around thirty, we select nine crops, and those nine crops are avocado, dry banana, cashew, chili, longan mango, sweet potato, sesame, and palm sugar. I enjoy eating all of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and also uh, for, for this study, we cover a wide range of information that include the market information on trade volume, on growth, consumer preferences, com- competitor standard requirement, and other technical requirement for export to those uh, targeted market. And as I mentioned before, uh, the, the market were EU, China, ASEAN, Australia, and New Zealand. Very interesting, thanks. Could you um, perhaps go into a little bit more detail on um, several of those crops um, to help explain how the demand and market opportunities um, matched against the um, characteristics of each of these crops? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, based on the study that uh, we commissioned, and there there were an increase uh, demand significantly for the nine crops in in those uh, market, and for the for the for the EU market itself, uh, Germany, the Netherlands, UK, France, Spain, and and Belgium are the key uh, the key market, uh, especially for the fresh. Uh, fruit and snack, uh, um, avocado, mango, sweet potato, cashew nut, uh, chili, sesame, and sweet potato. They are very uh, highly demand, increasing for the last five years and a very, very significant uh, increase. And these are actually driven by four main factors. Uh, the first one is the, the demanding for healthy snacking, uh, and eating. So um, consumers in Europe are looking for healthy alternative. For example, uh, before 
of using uh, potatoes, uh, the normal potato chips. Now consumers are looking for more sweet potato chips because it's uh, the taste is better and it's also more healthy. <laughs> the color look good. Um, and some people try to to um, advertise it as a, a snack without guilt. <laughs> like after you eating this, like sweet potato chips, it you feel full, but also you don't feel guilty, like it affects mm. your health. It's actually very healthy product. Cashew nut is another example. It's also treated as uh, the, the healthy snack. Um, another factor that uh, influenced the, the, the demand trend is convenient. Uh, recently, there is um, the ripening and ready to eat concept that is hap happening. Uh, and, and this is um, like, for example, with avocado and mango, uh, there is a ripening storage and then uh, sell it at the in the box that consumer can enjoy it every day. For example, I, I saw a clever uh, packaging uh, for avocado. Like, consumer can buy one box of three avocado and they can eat today, tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. not necessarily you have to 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 yeah. sell uh, to eat it in one day. Yeah. I think that is another um, driven actors for the increased demand. The mega mega advertisement for the big. Uh, from the big distributor on health awareness and linking health with the fresh fruit and also uh, snacking. That's also another factor that make uh, this crop uh, very demand, high demand. Yeah. And the, the last one is the retail and, and e-commerce. Uh, very easy to buy and also very quick delivery. That is another factor. Yes. Interesting. Thanks. Do you think those trends of healthy eating will um, sort of continue uh, to the rest of Europe and even in ASEAN to, to some, of, some of the other markets here? Yes, I think so. As, uh, as uh, people are now increasingly aware about their health and link between uh, fresh fruit and vegetable into, uh, in, with the health. So I think the demand will be growing and also with the, the increased income of the middle country, for example, in China and ASEAN, even in Cambodia, when uh, healthier people, tend, I mean, sorry, richer people tend to think uh, more about their health, they are willing to pay more for the healthy products. So I'm sure that the, the healthy product will grow. Yeah. Do you think um, the, the growth of and popularity of veganism has a part to play in all of that. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of cashews, mm. um, and there's been a massive growth in, in our, just looking at shopping shelves, um, in cashew milk um, mm. as an alternative to dairy. Um, mm. How much of a part do you, do you think that has to play versus the sort of overall drive towards more healthy eating? Mm. Yeah, I think that's perfect example, especially uh, when we talk about opportunity in Cambodia. Uh, it's it's going to be growing and in other country, developed country, they also start uh, replacing some of the processed product of the healthy uh, as well. In Cambodia, for Kavak, we also work with one company uh, that is trying to process cashew milk and export to Singapore or to other uh, Europe uh, countries as well. Yes. 
Fantastic. It'd be great to have some homemade or Cambodia local cashew milk. Um, I think uh, just, just thinking about climate change and carbon footprint of the products we buy, quite a lot is imported in terms of processed foods mm. to Cambodia. So um, I'm personally quite excited that there, that there will be more available from yes. Cambodia. Yes. Um, so, so moving on, um, could you share some of the recommended policy interventions uh, that were recommended to the government to strengthen subsectors' competitiveness um, and specifically how they, they may relate to um, attracting more in foreign investment? Yes, uh, thank you, Stuart, for the question. Uh, the, the aim of the study is also to provide uh, recommendations for the policy and also for the private sector to uh, expand their product, expand their market. Um, a number of recommendations suggested in the report um, is based on the evidence uh, study from those uh, market trend and also the requirement uh, from the government. The recommendation uh, in the report is based on the research analysis uh, from the consumer on the consumer trend and also on the standard and technical requirement of um, the targeted market. And there's a number of them, including for production, for example. Um, if Cambodia want to export a fresh product, especially, uh, we need to fast track the adoption of um, good agricultural practices uh, and also global gap, good agricultural practice in, in, at a global uh, certification. That is very important, especially if uh, Cambodia want to target to retail. For example, in the UK, it's a lot of uh, re uh, retail. And there are also, uh, we need to also improve the mechanism on traceability traceability because um, uh, it's also demanding from the consumer that they want to know how the product are produced, how it is farming, the input are used, where it is, and especially uh, the EU um, just set up the, the EU Green Deal uh, that's include the farm to fox strategy, and I think the traceability even play more important uh, than ever before, especially the the level of use of pesticide, uh, fertilizer, and also the the farming community. And the buyer in the EU would like to know this information so that they can communicate it with consumer. Yeah, Cambodia should also think about. Uh, producing international trading varieties. For example, in uh, mango, now we have a lot of cow meat, which we are very proud of, uh, very tasty, very good. But if we look at the European market, very little is known about Cambodian mango, especially for the fresh one, because the international uh, trading variety is actually Ken, Keith variety, or Otu Itu. Um, the suggestion is that um, if we want to go in large volume, we should thinking about the trading varieties that already been uh, trade 
So we don't need to do a lot of branding. We don't need to do a lot. We can it go into the market very uh, easily if we have the buyers. But at the same time, if we would like to promote our mango caramel, we can do it as a niche market. But uh, we need to do it like step by step to brand it to make sure that uh, the consumer accept our new variety. Mm. Thailand has done it very well on uh, their mango variety as well. So Cambodia can also uh, do similar strategy of branding like that. How many mango varieties are grown in, in Cambodia? In Cambodia now we have uh, many, I think more than almost 10 varieties. Wow. Yes, some are taste, some taste really great, mm. but it's very popular just among uh, our Cambodian mm. um, a consumer and it's highly seasonal as well. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, in terms of the, the processing and logistic, um, the policy recommendation also uh, suggested that there should be more investment uh, in cold chain, yeah, in common cold chain packing and packaging uh, facility to enhance more competitiveness. This is uh, one of the key challenge for Cambodia right now. And especially uh, we depend a lot on on uh, using logistics from other countries, using the other country port. So that's a challenge. So need to have more investment in that area to unlock the potential. Yes, a company itself also should invest and there should be a support on uh, promoting more standard of processing, like I mentioned, uh, GMP, HACCP, uh, ISO, uh, BRC certificate to fit with the requirement from the buyer. In terms of uh, market and, and, and foreign direct investment, um, of course, Cambodia need to attract more foreign direct investment. Uh, for me, this is uh, very important uh, because usually when foreign direct investment investor come to Cambodia, they come with the market. For example, if we have investor from Japan, you know, the market in Japan already, they also bring technology that can process or can you know, semi-processed product that fit with uh, market in Japan and of course with capital that uh, we are lacking in Cambodia. Um, we should also looking for partnership uh, within the region as well. We can see that, for example, Thailand uh, is very good at mango puree. Uh, we sell a lot of dry mango, but the puree and the wider range of uh, processed product haven't been explored significantly yet. Yeah, and with the recent um, with the recent uh, free trade agreement, for example, the ASEP, which is just turned into force in uh, January 2022, and some other free trade agreement, for example, the Cambodia-China free trade agreement, uh, Cambodia-Korea free trade agreement, and some other free trade agreement in the pipeline, uh, Cambodia should use this as a leverage in order to attract more investment and uh, and also uh, making sure that uh, SME in Cambodia can leverage the benefit from a huge agreements like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's It's a very exciting time for Cambodia Yes, with RCEP and, and the other bilateral FTAs. Mm. You know, it's it's only starting, I think, you know, what, what will be in store for, for investment and of course, um, the new investment law mm. um, should play an important part in that. Yes. Um, I wanted to go back to the um, um, traceability 
mm. aspect. Um, just to sort of ask you a little bit about the types of technologies that might be needed um, to provide that kind of solution. And obviously some buzzwords around blockchain um, come to mind, but are there any specific um, technologies that are being looked at to, to solve that issue of providing what the buyers in, in developed markets want um, and making that uh, information chain uh, more secure and, and, and traceable? Thank you. Yes. Uh, in terms of technology um, and traceability, uh, traceability to improve the confidence of the consumer, uh, Kavak has worked with um, a number of agri-food SME, especially on contract farming, uh, making sure that um, farmers are producing at the right standard requirement for the buyers and also have a proper recording. Uh, we work with one of the biggest exporters of fragrant rice on a sustainable rice platform and we train farmers on the, the standard itself and also on the recording and it has been um, uh, very acceptable especially uh, in Europe but for Europe buyer and Australian uh, buyer as well that uh, they think this is kind of the new platform that have them to communicate uh, well with their buyer and increasing uh, more demand. Mm. Yes. Mm. That's, that's really interesting. Cambodia, Cambodian fragrant rice, of course, being award-winning. Yes, four times. Four times. <laughs> that's a global award, yes. best in the world. Yes. <laughs> um, so you spoke about this earlier, but could you um, Give us a little bit more detail about the main export markets for Cambodian agricultural products. Uh, yes, for Cambodian, ex the major markets are now, um, the biggest one I think it's China because uh, we have some quota on the rice uh, export and also with uh, the new uh, bilateral agreement, EU of course. Uh, is the biggest market for Cambodia, especially for the pre premium products like the premium fragrant rice, um, pepper, cashew, we start to export as well, and some uh, agro uh, processing process products like, like I mentioned, uh, cashew meal and others. Yes. And then uh, ASEAN present also a um, big percentage of Cambodian market, especially a neighboring country, uh, Thailand and Vietnam, um, especially for, for products like cassava, soybean and others. Yeah. And Philippines also. We also, I think, according to uh, the data from Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry and Fishery, we also start to export to some other countries like Middle East, Japan, Korea, and India, yeah, on a number of uh, process and, and fre fresh crops. What are your thoughts on the diversification of markets and is the program looking at that as a, a factor in, in Cambodia's future success in agriculture exports? Um, yes, uh, for, I think it be, we have been uh, on the right track for diversification. Like previously, if we talk about Cambodian export, it's only about rice. 
So we export lots of rice uh, to to China, to EU, and other. And also uh, for the neighboring country, we mostly export as a paddy form. But uh, very recently, I can see that a lot of diversification to other high value crops as well. People are trying uh, to try to export, especially with the cashew. Uh, it is um, treated like Cambodian cashew has big. Uh, grain and also the taste is very good and and also with mango uh, dry mango and now some investors are interested to look at uh, mango puree banana banana chips and others as well and recently the market has expanded for example to Korea to Japan to Middle East and uh, others that are very um uh, that are very uh, interesting to for us to to expand to, and I can see that with the new uh, bilateral free trade agreement as well as the ASEP, Cambodia will be able to expand uh, more and diversify to other markets mm. with the right policy and yeah. the right uh, implementation, and of course, effort from every uh, sectors and partners. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Um, RCEP in particular, it's a huge proportion of the world's population. Um, so it's so quite exciting in terms of um, food export. Yes. Thank you. Um, so my next question is, is sort of a structural um, one, but could you help explain why most of Cambodia's agricultural exports are currently unprocessed? Um, well, there's a number of uh, factors. First of all, it's high cost <laughs> compared to neighboring countries. Uh, so usually for Cambodia, I think we should focus our sale and position our sale on the premium products rather than competing with volume because um, neighboring country has uh, been like export uh, many, many years ahead of us. They have already the uh, economy of scale and processing cost has been efficient. So for Cambodia, we can compete with the premium market, for example, with the EU, where they are more demanding on sustainable crops and sustainable farming. Organic is still uh, potential and, and, and growing in the market. Um, there's also... Um, the lack of market information, I think that's that's another key. When we talk with uh, AgriFood SME, they would like to like upgrade themselves and export, but uh, which crop, how they do it, it's still uh, a big question mark for some of them. So I think um, that's why uh, we commissioned the study as well, that we think this is uh, one of the first things that we should do as a, a seller. If we want to sell to other countries, we need to know what seller want to eat, what seller uh, want to buy, and what are the requirements. And then coming up with the technology, how to process it, uh, and also the standard requirement at the production level, at the processing level, at post-harvest level, then we can um, like increasing uh, and advancing our agro-processing sector. Uh, another important point, I would say lack of uh, research and development, uh, especially in terms of um, uh, varieties, 
yeah in term of product development in term of market development yeah so you touched upon this in your last answer um, but what are the key challenges for Cambodia's agribusiness in competing with its neighboring countries I think for for the first uh, for the first point I would say um, like I mentioned it's the high cost of processing and that is um, that is also one factors that we can explore more as well for example um, we can have a grouping of products in processing to make it more efficient and expand uh, market uh, expand product range as well for example rice we export a lot of rice to other country and it's very popular but there is a very limited um, usage of other rice for example rice bran uh, rice husk um, rice paper rice noodle which we can also use uh, the other part of the rice to process it and make the processing more efficient. Yeah. And for mango, for example, we process a lot of dry mango to add, uh, to other country, um, but there is still opportunity to explore as well. For example, in Europe, dry mango um, market is fairly small, but mango puree is very big market. So Cambodia can have opportunity to expand into that area and using the small size of mango or the mango that is not used for dry uh, mango, processed mango, and then process into others mm. that make it uh, less uh, less costly. And in some other country, they also have grouping. For example, we only uh, have two seasons of mango. So what we are going to do when there is no mango supply? So some clever processor, they come up with maybe banana chips or maybe using passion fruit as the dry passion fruit and others that grouping together. And I think that area of work need to be explored. And Kavak now is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Kavak now is uh, supporting the Supreme National Economic Council uh, to conduct a feasibility study and to ultimately establish agri-food investment agri-food industrial park, the AIP, it's uh, very similar to special economic zone, but it will be um, focused on agri-food. In, and in that way, I think uh, Cambodia can prosper and be able to compete because there would be a common use of, for example, cold chain, logistic, uh, packing and packaging facility. And at the same time, uh, there should be uh, some facility that can uh, use to process uh, many different type of uh, crops and then uh, agro processor can rent the space and do it more efficiently. Mm. And that way we can also attract more investment because um, that is cost less costly mm. and linkages it to uh, some SME, agro, agri-food SME mm. uh, that can support the big in investor. Are you aware of other countries that have pursued similar uh, ideas and, and any idea of how successful they've been? Yes, yes, of course. Um, many other countries now looking at it as uh, one of the unlocked potential, especially for agri-food because it uh, enhance more competitive 
Thailand, there's many agri-food industrial parks. Um, in Africa, uh, Kenya, ACOP and others is also trying to set up this kind of uh, arrangement so that they can compete. I imagine that would have benefits for carbon footprint as well, um, given potential efficiencies that it would create. Sure, sure, yes. So normally in, in the, the AIP, Agri-Food Industrial Park, uh, the holistic approach and strategy need to put in uh, in place, and that include the green energy, the waste management, clean water usage, solar system, or things like that. So it's not only about efficiency, but also about thinking about social impact and environmental impact. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. When, when is that feasibility study going to be conducted? Uh, now we are in the process. Uh, we already started uh, the project already, and uh, hopefully we can have the final uh, feasibility study with a good recommendation to to the government of Cambodia in July or August this year. Fantastic! That's yeah. really exciting. Yes, really exciting. Yeah. It it's one of the biggest project for us, and we are really excited. Mm. And when we talk to different partners. Um, they always think, oh, this is a great idea. And we have um, uh, the government, uh, also the Supreme National Economic Council also behind and working very hard to, to make it work for this project. Yeah. So you spoke about the development of the agriculture industrial park, but are there any other key steps uh, that need to be taken to modernize Cambodia's agricultural sector? Yes, I think um, Agri-Food Industrial Park is one of the key uh, to improve Cambodian agro-processing sector, but there's also need to be done from other factors as well, that uh, making sure that uh, we modernize agriculture sector in Cambodia. And that includes um, increased market access. I think the government of Cambodia has done a great job in terms of uh, uh, taking... I think government of Cambodia has done a great job in terms of um, increasing market access with the uh, ASAP and bilateral agreement. Um, uh, but we need to to looking continue and 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 looking for more markets and on also making sure we have wider range of market and leverage uh, from those because the arrangement is good, uh, tax uh, tax free, but um, we need also to think about the non tariff barrier, the requirement, SPS requirement that need to be done in order to uh, really reap the benefit of those uh, trade arrangements. Um, attracting more FDI, of course, that's another area. Um, um, can, uh, currently, Kavak is working um, to end that area as well, uh, working with the Council for Development of Cambodia and MAF to set up a desk uh, comprising uh, official from CDC and official from, uh, from MAF uh, basically to put up 
uh, to build the capacity of the team so that when the investor come, they can answer, they can promote and facilitate uh, them uh, so that they don't go to other country, <laughs> they yeah. stick in Cambodia. Yeah. And, and also we are developing a number of investment campaign, including collecting the data that is attractive and making sure that it's uh, compelling to investor and also promote it uh, through different channels. Um, looking at uh, some of the potential investor, for example, with the embassies, I think that's also play a very important role. Uh, embassy of Cambodian, Cambodian embassy in other country mm-hmm. also would be another channel that we would um, like reaching and then making sure we work together to promote uh, more investor. And I think there is another important part that we haven't really uh, reaped the benefit is the diaspora in other countries. Countries like Israel, in Thailand, uh, they have done a number of programs to linkage between diaspora, especially retired people in the other country to link with investment, especially in agri-food. Like diaspora is a source of capital, a source of knowledge, a source of network, and also they are the one who understand the consumer preference in in a respective country that they live in. So in that area, I think Cambodia should also work in that part and it could be uh, uh, very key yeah, for some investors. Yeah, interesting right? to explore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I looked up Cambodia town, which is in LA. Mm. Um, I think there are 200,000 plus wow. Cambodians living specifically in that area of California, which is really interesting. Yes. Um, just on, on FDI, if you, uh, if you had one sort of summary message to potential investors, what would it be? Um, and I'm thinking, you know, what would the top three types of investment be hmm. into agriculture in Cambodia? Um, for the FDI message, I would say that Cambodia is now at the early stage and there are a lot of opportunity that could be explored. Cambodia has a very high quality products because our uh, our crops usually planted uh, in this, I mean, in still use less pesticide and fertilizer and we still have land that can grow organic and good agricultural practice. So it's very easy for investor to come. I met with one of in, uh, exporter in the Netherlands. And they said that actually when they come to Cambodia, a lot of things that we need to do. For example, with uh, lemongrass, uh, with some of the mm. ingredients, it's by default, it's organic. Yeah. We can export and then grade it. Yeah. But we haven't done that. Uh, yet like grading it uh, effect- effectively. So that is uh, one thing that I, I think we should uh, looking at and, and potential for investor. Mm-hmm. In agro-processing, uh, if we look at the data, uh, it's only contribute 1.1% to the total GDP. Mm-hmm. Compared to ASEAN, it's like 4.5%. Mm-hmm. So there is still room that Cambodia uh, can narrow down the gap and... and um, 
like potential to explore in that area. Like I mentioned, uh, we export a lot of rice, but there's a wide range of byproduct in rice that we can explore. We have uh, a lot of high quality crop like mango, cashew, uh, treated as the best uh, among other producing country, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't really we we haven't really uh, used it uh, and and process it in the mm. um, you know standarding way for export yet. I really want to say there's lots of low hanging fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, Cambodian mangoes are amazing. So if you get the chance to try them, please do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so during this podcast, um, we've covered a lot. Um, we've spoken about the CAVAC program, um, some of the key systemic issues uh, that Cambodia is facing, but also just the scale of opportunity for the agricultural sector with the right expertise um, and the right investment. Um, are there any other key points you wanted to raise? Yes, uh, there, there is another one that uh, I think is also important, um, not necessarily only export, but also to uh, to replacing some of the import, especially on uh, product research and development of the product. Um, I think a previous um, speaker also mentioned that Cambodia import a lot of processed product. Um, so for, for Cambodia itself, um, when we talk with uh, SME, usually they have a hard time doing more, doing research themselves on the product and trial and error. And sometimes they lose courage to continue. For me, I think um, there should be an institution that really support them on new product development and also market development. In other countries, they have uh, food innovation hubs that is the linkages between SME research and government. Um, for example, if they want to produce one product or they have a wiring of product and they want to expand to new product, they don't really need to buy a big machine facility to try it by, by themselves. But if there is an institution that help them, um, like, taste the product, experiment it in the laboratory, and then after it is successful in a small scale, they can like give it to the SME and then they scale up. And that time they can buy the machine uh, facility that can scale up, that would be great. In Thailand, they collaborate that uh, with uh, the university mm. um, and the SME itself and also get some fund from the government. We are trying this uh, model. Mm. Uh, with my enterprise, an agency part of uh, the Ministry of Economy and Finance and the, with the uni- one university, the Institute of Technology of Cambodia, ITC. Uh, so far, we support uh, two rounds. So the first round, we select five SME and, and now we are in the second round with eight SME to trial a new products development. So in the scheme, like... Kavak uh, support 30% of the total cost and Khmer Enterprise 35% and then uh, SME itself have to pay 30% mm-hmm. and that is when they propose the new product development for example with the cashew beer that I just mm-hmm. mentioned um, one of the SME thing it is really good there is good market 
but uh, they don't know really how to do it mm. according to the standard, according to the food safety. So ITC support them by uh, helping them and talking to the to the ice cell and use it, trial it in their laboratory, and then finally have the product that is okay. This is the like formula for you to process it, and then this is how to package, and. And then the company then then transfer the technology to SMB and mm. SMB can use it as a scale. So I think that also one of the successful interventions for Kavak uh, for the last two years. And it would be great if it is expand and maybe institutionalize it uh, as the as the food innovation hub. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. That that that's fascinating. Um, there are agricultural innovation hubs in, in the UK, so it's very much an approach that mm. uh, we take over there. So yes. um, I, I would be interested to explore um, connect, connection and partnership potential in, in those fields. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been a fascinating um, tour of some of the key issues um, mm. and potential for Cambodia's agriculture sector. This has been a conversation with Ms. Ponlu Chu of the Cambodia Australia Agricultural Value Chain Programme on the DIT and Britcham Cambodia's Doing Business in Cambodia podcast series. Please join us for the next Doing Business in Cambodia podcast, which will be available soon. For more information on doing business in Cambodia, please contact the British Chamber of Commerce Cambodia or the British Embassy Phnom Penh.